0: But now women are getting Botox, and they're getting eyelashes, and they're getting injections, and they're getting eyebrows, and they're getting right. hair, and they're getting hair extensions. I mean, it just—it goes on and on and on. And I think it just becomes so difficult to. Yeah, there's been inflation, but there's we live in such a, I guess, Kardashian world, really. Welcome to the Fit Financial. I'm your host Amanda Hankless, and we're diving into thinking about tomorrow. Let's get to it. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'm here today, of course, with my sidekick, Sean Hanquist. Are you the sidekick or am I the sidekick? Hi.
1: I would say I'm the sidekick. Yeah, for sure.
0: When it comes to the podcast.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when it comes to the podcast. When it comes to the planning piece, I am in the learning phase of that.
1: There but, you go. I'll take that.
0: Yeah, there we go. Well, it has been... Yet another whirlwind weekend. We um, so have what's called an RIA. Uh, basically, it's our back end office of Fit Wealth Advisors, and they had their annual Christmas party this past week, and we went to this. It's so we're you know in our forties now and don't party very often.
1: You could say we're just lightweights.
0: We are. We're very. Lightweights, we're health people we don't do that very often um but anyway we went to this place called edna's in oklahoma city and if you've ever been to edna's in oklahoma city you know they're famous for this drink called a lunchbox when they were first describing this lunchbox i was like why would they sell lunchboxes at a bar you know in my mind so confusing I'm, i'm picturing like a lunchable you know with the meat and the cheese and the crackers and no not at all it's like this beer mug that's ice cold with a shot glass frozen to the bottom of it, filled with amaretto and... Coors Light. Light, and apparently a little bit of orange juice was in there too, which I couldn't taste, but...
1: It was actually pretty good.
0: Was was that... (laughs) Kind of
1: dangerously good. Was that several of
0: them talking or was it actually? (laughs) I don't... (laughs) My thing was... As they were so cold that i was getting brain freezes before i could drink them
1: it made it difficult but the maybe the colder it was is why it maybe tasted a little bit better or you, you didn't realize that but man it tasted it bad or not
0: great people man
1: unbelievable time it was awesome great people great drinks great time and yeah. then a 6 hour drive home of
0: and a 6 hour drive nothing
1: home. uh yeah, yeah. hungover oh, all yeah. right
0: anyway Well, today, I thought with the content that I have been uh, posting about on social media, I actually had a reel go viral, crazy viral. In fact, I gained like 3,000 followers or something like that from this reel. And essentially, that's what sparked the idea of the content for today's podcast. And... It's about thinking about tomorrow. And the reason I bring that up is because it doesn't really matter, in my opinion, if you make 70000 a year or 700000 a year. If you don't have enough now, you never will. And so mm-hmm. let's talk about why that is and what some of the ways are that you can get a handle on this now so that you can have the future that you you know, always thought you'd have. So like when you were a little kid, I'm sure you didn't picture this, you know, crazy life of either being broke or not having money to show for it or, you know, et cetera, whatever that looks like. Um, and so let's, let's dive into that. And I guess my first example of this is the Fleetwood Mac. Um, Don't stop thinking about tomorrow. Should I keep, should I keep singing <laughs> it? Yeah. <laughs> um, But I think you guys know what song I'm referring to. Well, Mick Fleetwood is famous for this song, right? But he's also, which I just learned, is famous for his ridiculous spending habits. Hmm. So we're talking about a guy that at the height of his career, making multi-multi-millions, going bankrupt. Sure. At the height of his career making money that, you know, the majority of us could only ever dream of making. Right. And so it's kind of like the story of the lottery winner running out of money or the professional athlete going bankrupt. And, you know, we hear this, this type of story all the time. And so first savings, you know, it's a habit and it has to be accompanied by accountability. And so that's kind of what, what I really wanted to dive into today.
1: Yeah, I mean, just circling back to when you first started that, if you make seventy thousand or seven hundred thousand, you know, if if you're not able to save any money off of seventy thousand, you're you're probably not going to be able to save any money off of seven hundred thousand. It, it's so true. I, I've I've seen it in business and practice. We've been in business long enough and worked with hundreds of clients at this point that this is so true. Now, I think there is a certain level now of minimum income you do need just to run a household household with the price of groceries and whatnot i don't know if it's 70 it might be at 100 right right Uh, with inflation but that's kind of like a happiness threshold they talk about there's been studies done that you do need a minimum set of of income just to
0: right like if you can't even like open up the, the cabinet door and there's barely any food to eat and you don't you know you can't even pay your rent kind of stuff like obviously there's a threshold there of just bare minimum necessities but I guess this isn't really a podcast about poverty Um, because I I get that a lot with the content yeah. that I put out there is oh it must be rough to uh, you know have a spending issue but it's like the, the, this isn't this isn't really for people that struggle with poverty and and that's yeah an unfortunate, um, way to live, but this is, this is for individuals who do have enough that Mm -hmm. don't have anything to show for it.
1: Yeah. And now I can't really tell you the, the dollar amounts. I suppose I could go back and look on like social security administrative websites to see income that these clients made, but some of my older retired, wealthier clients really didn't make that much money. Yeah through the years, it wasn't like they made millions, mm-hmm. you know, they probably didn't even make six figures in in the eighties and nineties and early two thousands. And now they have multiple millions saved up yep. um, because they just created habits and they weren't, ha- they didn't spend more than they make.
0: Yeah. And it uh. is a lot more okay to spend frivolously now, like you hear all the time and you see it too. I mean, you have, Um, just with women, for example, they're not only, you know, I think back to like the early two thousands, late nineties, like my mom would get her nails done, right. Or maybe she'd go have her hair appointment. But now women are getting Botox and they're getting eyelashes and they're getting injections mm-hmm. and they're getting eyebrows and they're getting right. hair and they're getting hair extensions. I mean, it just, it goes right. on and on and on. And I think it just becomes so difficult to, yeah, there's been inflation, but there's, we live in such a, I guess, Kardashian world, really. Right. I mean, and, and then also look at, there's, um, you know, this funny thing going around about, Kevin's groceries from home alone in 1993 was like $19 and 82 cents. And today it's like $72. So there's that too.
1: (laughs) So yeah, it it really is not the amount of income um, type of story that we're telling today. It's, it's, I think it's where you just have to create guardrails because if you make a million dollars a year, you could sure spend a million dollars a year pretty easily. And, uh, and if you're not tracking of, Or putting something in place that you're saving for your future wisely or strategically, like a plan in place that, oh, yeah, I have put together a plan. I know what this is going to do for me in the next 10, 20, 30 years. I don't have a crystal ball, but I know if I'm at least creating this guardrail, there's going to be something available for me down the road when I can no longer work. Uh-huh. Um, so I think that's the the guardrail, um, approach and strategy that I think you were kind of maybe wanting to go down. And it's something that really just kind of, you have to hold yourself accountable and you just have to start because it's really not difficult.
0: Yep. And I, and I really do think, um, you know, and I talk a lot about how I haven't had fast food for almost three years we used to eat fast food all the time, not all the time, but two, three times mm-hmm. a week, probably. And, and it's just one of those things at that time, I couldn't have ever fathomed not eating fast food, right? right. And now it's just, it's not even a thought. It's just something I don't do, um, which I'm not saying that that's something that you need to go do, but that's, that's helped save money. But also I think it's just one of those things where like you walk into a room, you turn on a light switch. You don't have to think about turning on the light switch. That's just what you do. It becomes a habit. And so I think money's the same thing. I think people spend money without thinking about it. It's so easy with Apple pay, with um, subscriptions, with Venmo, PayPal, all of these things right now. Um, But it's, you know, it's almost impossible to save money without Mm -hmm. thinking about it.
1: What even makes it even more difficult now is, is being an entrepreneur and creating those guardrails because ultimately you want to reinvest back in your business you want to put together strategies that hey, I'm going to grow, and my business is going to be a multi-million dollar business in a couple of years, but it's it's not there yet. Um, and you keep wanting to reinvest in the business, reinvest in the business to grow that revenue, and you're running that risk of what if that business revenue never grows to where you feel like it should? That is a risk that a lot of people are not realizing or don't understand that I may not grow that revenue. To yep. where I think it could be. And now I've spent all this money and I have all this debt and I've delayed saving for my future three to five years.
0: It's the someday effect. Well, mm-hmm. I will do this when I get right. here. And, um, and I think that's just a trap that we cannot fall into, especially as an entrepreneur, because, um, you know, I, I fell into this early on in my entrepreneurial journey one month, you know, I found out that I would get, I would have seasonal revenue, Mm-hmm. So I, my, my really good season, I would be making 10, $20,000 more per month than I'd be making in my poor seasons or my, my lower, whatever you want to call it right bad seasons. Uh, you know, one day a light bulb goes off and it's like, Hey, what if we didn't feast during these times of feast? What right. if we saved that? And then we could just live a certain straight line throughout the whole year.
1: Yeah. So I, it is way more difficult. So like when you're a W-2 employee and you are certain what your wage is going to be in the year, I mean, you really have to think about that. You have to budget around that. Otherwise you're going to go into debt and, and you don't have any income to pay for it. But the slippery slope that we're talk- talking about is entrepreneurship, where you are got a dream and a hope and a prayer that your revenue is going to be where it should be in the three to five years and it may or may not make it there. So that is where it gets a little bit more difficult. And I'm an entrepreneur myself, I reinvest back in my business, and I think you should reinvest back in your business. But where this still comes down to is you have to have guardrails. Yeah. Um, maybe you can't financially afford what you're buying right now. Maybe you're able to put it on debt and the cash flow still works, that it still allows you to save for your financial future. And you may look at that like, well, what the hell? Why would I pay 7% interest right on this loan when I could just use my cash to buy this product or service that I'm looking at instead of like saving X amount that there's no guarantees it's going to make any money this year. What it does for you, it creates diversification. And then what it does too is creates a habit and a plan that you, if you followed that, you're probably never going to have any issues, problems, 10, 20, 30 years from now in business. If you constantly have a certain percentage of the pie go towards your long-term future, that's separate from your business.
0: Yeah. I love that you brought that up because it, it really is about being wise and, and very big decision makers with our money, because like you talk about all the time, like you can, for example, finance your college education. You can even finance a small business loan. You can finance your home, right? You can finance Mm -hmm. a lot of things. Yeah. You might be paying a higher interest rate, especially right now, but you can't finance your retirement, Right. And that's a guarantee that it's coming. I, I've, I've talked to a lot of people that are like, oh, I'm going to work till I'm dead. I'm going to work. You might yeah. actually. Yeah, that's true. But chances And we hope are, you can, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, nobody's saying you can't, but chances are you're probably either your body is going to give out on you, your mind's going to give out on you, or you're going to change your mind.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, And then so- there's no backup plan. So um create the guardrails, we, we have a lot of information out there on creating the guardrails and saving for your future. But the best- Way and I just press everybody to get this going is automate, automate, automate. Start with a dollar amount that you know you can handle and just increase from there. And then you can really like spend guilt free. You can, you don't have to worry about getting your nails done, Botox, because you know you're saving for your financial future and you're paying for this out of excess cash flow.
0: I just watched Sean cringe as he said the words Botox come out. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. But I, yeah. And I absolutely love that. So let's, let's back up a little bit because I want to talk about the the planning and the budgeting part that requires control. I think where this part gets so difficult is when you're in the midst of it all and you just, you don't know where you're at. I think it gets easier to spend because you don't know the reality right now. Mm-hmm. So I think the number one step, is to lay out all the cards, lay it all out there. What, like, are you a complete mess? Are you not doing too bad? You don't know. I'm a fan of pen to paper, writing it all out. Um, Do you have credit card debt? Like, what does it all look like? Because if you don't have it laid out, we have a financial health assessment that you can take um, that helps with that. If you're not a pen to paper person, but lay it all out there because you can't, know where you're going. If you don't know where you're at right now.
1: Yeah. So true.
0: Um, And so once Jeez, you mic have... drop,
1: look at you, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you know, I learned this the hard way I did because i right. at the height of my, you know, destructive spending. I didn't know where I was. It was just too easy to swipe the right. card. And I mean, I knew I had a limit and I knew it was what it was. And it was just sure. I want that shirt. Go ahead and get it. Um, But I think once you lay it all out there, once you realize where you're at, It's an eye-opener and it allows you to then create your goals. I don't want to have this debt anymore. I want to have this particular savings rate because by this age, I don't want to work. I don't want to work anymore. Mm -hmm. Or if I want to work, I want to work when I want to work. I think we
1: should call it financial independence.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I want to be financially independent. You can
1: work when you want to work with who you want to work, where you want to work. It's financial independence. You don't have to work maybe beyond age 55.
0: Right. Because I. I'll be honest like I probably will wanna work that's just kind of who I am how I am but I want to definitely call the shots on when that's going to be and yeah and So
1: um going back to laying this out on the table and the plan or the taking the health assessment yep is great work it's eye opening it's an amazing experience we get feedback all the time of like oh my gosh this was just such a great um strategy or a great session that we kind of have an idea where we're at because a lot of people want to know where they're at but they don't know where to start so Mm -hmm. having a professional um maybe you just get everything out and start writing things down and get an idea but what i can say it can get a little overwhelming when it doesn't look good yeah we've been there clients have been there that like, yeah, that's great. And I think a lot of people don't want to look because maybe it doesn't look so good.
0: They want to stay in this, uh, I guess, ignorance period. Maybe
1: I don't know what we want to call it, but it's scary. The only thing I can say is you just, a lot of times you can underestimate what you can do in the next 10 years, Mm -hmm. but it'll never happen unless you get started.
0: Well, just to give you a little glimpse, I I went from I I guess I don't know what my credit used to be back in the day. I would imagine it was a five twenty five ish. If I had to put a wild guess. In and
1: have top maybe four hundreds. No, I don't. Know. I can't remember. It, it was I mean, bad. it very well could have. It was bad.
0: It very well could have because it was the first time I ever had credit, and I completely destroyed it. Um, but you know, after I got it together and and started figuring my situation out, I completely became obliv- oblivious. I just assumed that. I had crappy credit, right? Um but Sean looked it up one day and it was like an 846. The perfect credit score is 850. I was 4 points away from a perfect credit score. So I mean that just shows you it's like it's never too late, right? Um so that's the power of planning. Right. That's the power of laying all the cards out. Get that hump over with. It's terrible, it's not fun, but that's the worst of it. Just get it over with so you can make your plan and move on. It's not fun waking up at 5 a.m. to work out either, but we do it, right?
1: Yeah, it's consistent, uh, being consistently good.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Um, let's see... Yeah, and, and I think I put in here the fact is the rewards are uh, you know, taking financial control, they're worth the sacrifices. It really is. And I think yep. once you get past that certain point, then you can then you can work in the fun stuff, right? You can work yep. back in your date night. You can work back in a, a few hundred dollars or a few thousand dollars of clothing depending right. on, you know, your income.
1: Well, and then there is a, a complete 180 from the conversation we were having. It, it could be business owners, individuals that have more excess income and more net worth than they could ever possibly spend in their whole entire lives. Mm-hmm. But since they don't have a plan, they don't know, they've never been spenders. Yep. Like a lot of times, maybe they're sacrificing their lifestyle when they could be taking those vacations, taking grandkids somewhere, maybe start gifting strategies uh, because they just don't know what they don't know. They just have always been savers. So I've seen both sides.
0: You know, I'm, glad, I'm glad that you brought that up too, because we've seen both sides where people are making tremendous amounts of money and, and they are, and that's great, but they just assume they're okay on all fronts, but mm-hmm. maybe they don't have the insurance piece together. Maybe they don't right. have the savings part together, or maybe they have too much sitting in cash. Right. And they could be they could be putting that somewhere else, right? Right. So there's just so many different things that laying it all out there and putting a plan together um, can tell us about. Now, let's talk about the value of having a financial planner. I kind of look at it as having a financial mentor because I'm somebody that tends to procrastinate. I wish I wasn't this way, but I've, I've kind of, put some i guess time guardrails if you will in place right. that have helped me with that um but with finances i think it becomes so easy to procrastinate mm-hmm. because it's so difficult to see in 15 20 even 40 years from now right that we're going to retire i mean it's just like yep. i was saying how you know, home alone, Kevin's groceries were 20 bucks and today they're 75 bucks. Right. And so if you think about that same mathematical equation of what groceries are going to be in our 30 years from now, sure, right. Like we have to do something like we can't, it, it is going to happen. And so there was this, um, advisor alpha Vanguard study that Sean sent over to me, apparently I thought it was like the Cliff's Notes version because it's like this 10 page document that I didn't read. <laughs> but mm-hmm. <laughs> but okay. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is great. This is a great point. I love it. I'm going to include it in here. And he's like, oh, it like a 50 page study.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> well, everything about that really circles back to the best way to explain it is like working with a personal trainer or working with a nutrition coach, right? You can do everything on your own, but you don't know sometimes what you don't know. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times working with a personal trainer, nutrition coach, your results are going to probably come a little bit better. Yep. And sometimes we don't always see those results health-wise for 10, 20, 30 years either.
0: Yeah. Cause you can, you can go it alone. Like you don't have to hire a nutrition coach. They're expensive. Personal trainers are expensive you can work out at home and not have your gym membership because yep. they're expensive, but are you going to go down into your basement or into your garage and do it? Yeah. That's a completely different, com- right. two different things that we're talking about.
1: You know, are you going to research all the nutrition topics and ideas, right? Or can you outsource that and hire someone to guide you? But I really want to go in on this because sometimes on the financial planning side, there's a lot of times you can see the effects of like, that put it into like nutrition terms of someone losing 10 pounds or saving someone 10,000 on taxes. Like you can physically see that, which is great, but it's going to be really hard because we don't have a crystal ball on, on, or we, there's no guarantees on the nutrition side health side and there's no guarantees on the financial side, but I guarantee having, or I, I really feel like having someone on your side for that journey is going to only make things better.
0: And that's Uh, what this study, um, I guess, summarizes is that it is shown to be, I don't know what the exact like percentage or whatever is of the population of, of individuals who had an accountability, like it, you know, planner or advisor holding them accountable versus somebody that did it on their own. I don't know what the percentage was. Do you have that? I don't have it in front uh, of you.
1: It's uh, an alpha of about two to 3%. Yeah. um annually on their portfolios. Yeah. is which what does. the study stated, which is a lot once you're talking yeah. big yeah. dollars and a compounding effect. Um but that's where I think that this is a long-term strategy and I just think a lot of us need to start thinking more long-term yeah. a- and planning for the future.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and if you're not at that point yet or if that's a goal of yours to get there and you're going to be there soon, um you know like we said it's a simple process it's lay all the cards out there create a plan like what do you want out of that like okay you've got it all laid out there but what does that do for you do you have debt you want to pay off if so what can you feasibly pay off if now that you've had your debt paid off and you want to have a, a certain savings rate we always recommend like i said 20% of your net income um how you know what's your plan to do that 20% of your net income you may not get there overnight, but that's, that's 101 right there. That's the easiest, best way for you to start. And I guess I forgot a step in between there is your three to six months of emergency reserves. Like that sure. is vital because we never know when life's going to happen. It's going to, but we just don't know when. Um, and so having that set aside is, is important. And then your 20%. And then when you're, you know, at that point, you come seek out people like us and then we help you. We help you put together that long-term uh, you know, retirement plan, that investment strategy. Um,
1: and, um, I'll, I'll go back to setting guardrails and having accountability and creating a plan. So I like it.
0: Awesome. If you guys have any questions or want to take the health assessment for yourself, um, I'm going to link that information in the show notes. Now let's move into the health segment of our podcast, because we can create all the wealth that we want, but it's important to be healthy so that we can enjoy what we've built. So joining us on our health segment today is health and fitness space legend, John Gorman. John has been an industry leader for decades. He's been a gym owner, owns a supplement company, and has a focus in the physique enhancement space. He has a wealth of knowledge, and he's here to talk with us today about the basics and the importance of preventative lab work before it's too late. Thanks, John, so much for joining me. So glad to have you on today.
2: Yeah, I appreciate it. This is, uh, you know, we've all been friends and we've done some business before. You guys are doing great things in this space and uh, I'm excited to be on the show. Thank you.
0: Yeah, thank you. You as well. Yeah, we definitely crossed paths in the past and it seems like we have crossed paths with a lot of similar uh, networks as well. So I thought of you and wanted to have you on and you are an entrepreneur at heart as are we and what better uh, way to talk about health as an entrepreneur
2: yeah definitely it's something to where you know as I get older I'm 46 now um, I don't know if you put your age out there or not so you certainly oh, yeah. look you look young like you look great um, you and Sean both but you know as we get older it becomes more apparent like I see you know as I scale and grow my businesses and I love that side of things time goes very fast. And the older I get, the more aware I become of every old person I see in the restaurant, you know, the two old people sitting there eating and I look at them and I see their health, you know, and it's not just a physical appearance, like the things I know about the body and the food that we eat for decades and decades and decades. I see all those things. And to me, it's, it's just as important as building the businesses, building wealth, what I'm going to leave behind. I want to be able to age, in a way to where I'm able to enjoy everything I'm doing to the utmost of my capability. So if that's what we're going to talk about today, I I think it's one of the most important things business owners can can talk about, think about.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And that's so interesting that you said that because I this was my year of turning 40. And I feel like that's kind of that threshold where you're like, oh, all right, now we're going to this side of the hill, right? And so, so yeah, I've absolutely been noticing differently and thinking about those things more. So let's talk about somebody who Maybe this is the aha moment for them. That's like, oh my gosh, like maybe I'm the person in the restaurant not making the healthiest choices. Maybe I have worked really hard on my business all these years and it's time to really start being more um, forward thinking with my health. But I listen to all these health coaches. I I scroll on Instagram and I just see this constant um, message of overwhelm. How can we break that down for them and give them a simple place to start?
2: Well, first of all, that aha moment that you talked about, it could be anything. It could be a 40th birthday. What you don't want it to be, you don't want it to be an event. And let me explain what some of those can be real quick. You don't want it to be, obviously, you don't want it to be a heart attack. Like if you're a little bit older and you're listening to that, you don't want it to be a heart attack or any kind of negative uh, health issue that pops up that makes you act. Uh, Preventative measures are always going to be the best. And most of the time, like in my 30s, I wasn't thinking about that. Man, I, I mean, I, I'm imagining, you know, you at 34, you're not probably thinking about that. You're trying to be healthy and you're building yeah. a, a very healthy physique, but you're not thinking about the things that you do when you're 40 and 50. So what you don't want it to be is an event. You want it yeah. to be pre- preventive, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Um, but I think what people need to do is wrap their heads around, hey, you need to go ahead and start now. You know, it's one of those things. If you wait until later, you're really battling an uphill battle. And things like heart attack risk prevention are huge because when you have, say you have an event in your fifties or sixties, that has been building up and happening, um, from a health standpoint for decades and decades and decades, you know, if you're someone like me that has really bad genetic cholesterol, it could be something that, you know, in my twenties, I should have been taking care of this. I just wasn't aware. So yeah. it's one of those things when it comes to just being healthy and the things that we'll talk about with, with eating right and exercise, you know, if you're listening in your 20, you're 40 you're 50 or 60, you need to start now. If you're not doing it, uh, don't wait for an event.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's such good advice. And especially like if you don't maybe realize that you come from that lucky genetic selection of, uh, you know, higher cholesterol or, you know, adverse risk. Maybe, you know, do you suggest people go and get to the doctor, get their lab work done? Like what are or or are there super early on symptoms that they can be aware of right away? Or like you say, you know, don't wait for an event. But what um, what is the precursor to that event?
2: I I think getting lab work is huge. So, Mm -hmm. you know, all the business owners and entrepreneurs listening right now you know, your numbers, you know, your PNLs, like, you know, (laughs) your metrics, right? We all know those like the back of our hand and we live for those. Blood work is your, is your metric that you want for your body. So think about your body and your health as your business, because what more important business are we in than taking care of ourselves, right? So we can go do the stuff that we want to do in business. So getting lab work done, um, getting your cholesterol checked, Testosterone levels checked. Like, there's just getting a full panel done, and if anyone ever needs, I've got a link to exactly what they need to get. I don't make money off of it. They can just message me. Um, I don't know how you're going to link my contact information, but however people want to get a hold of me, I'll send it to you. Just make sure your doctor runs it, and that's that's where people need to start because you never know what's there when you're 34. You never know what's there when you're 44. Um, you can get something back if you're in your fifties and it's looking pretty bad. You need to start now, because here's the yeah. thing. We're all on this race to the end and there's a cliff at the end, right? We're all headed yeah. towards death at some point. And I know that sounds morbid, but sometimes you get lab work, or you get some kind of health screening and you see that you're very close to that edge. So what you want to do is you want to be able to slam on the brakes and crawl as slowly as you can and slow that down because you're on a straight edge. A straight path towards the edge of the cliff, right? Yeah. Maybe it's a heart attack or whatever. But my point is, the ways that you slow things down start with we can, you know, weight training first of all. Like that's the fountain, the fountain of youth, and it's the one that most people, especially if they're older, it, you grew up is kind of a weird thing. You know, if you grew up in the '70s and '80s, it's kind of weird. You know, we saw our parents like doing it, and it was just kind of weird. Uh, now, you know, if you're 40, you've grown up, and it's a little bit different. It's very normal now. You see all the most yeah. successful. Business owners and entrepreneurs out there are all, I mean, look at The Rock, look at Jeff Bezos, um, you know, look at, uh, I mean, you can just you name a ton of people. They're all in shape. They take care yep. of themselves like they run their business. So it's one of those things that I would start with weight training, you know, three, four five days a week. Don't overwhelm yourself, but go hit the, hit the weights like it literally is the fountain of youth. It's going to help you from so many standpoints be able to prolong your life.
0: So I'm glad that you brought that up because it reminds me of, and you would know this number better than I would, but isn't it there when you start turning 30, I think it is your muscle starts going the other direction. And so I'm a huge proponent of eating protein and lifting weights and trying to build muscle. How important is that? Especially as we get older, as I just said that I'm turned, you know, just turned 40. I think most of our listeners are, between that, you know, late thirties, early forties range.
2: Yeah. You know, the last number I saw was just the other day, you know, as you get older, especially over 40 and 50, you're losing 1% of your muscle, wow. um, a year. So, I mean, you can do the math on that, but you know, a couple, maybe it's a, a pound or two a year of muscle that you're yeah. losing, uh, which slows your metabolism by the way, because your metabolic mm-hmm. rate runs off how much muscle you have. So when you lose muscle, your metabolism slows, which makes fat gain a lot easier. So that's mm. one thing that you want to avoid. Um, but weight training, weight training protects your muscle. It, it You literally break your muscle down and it's like, what are you doing to me? So then it turns around, makes itself stronger and you hold on to it because it doesn't want to be put through that. So that's, yeah. that's the basic premise of, of weight training. And then eating enough protein, um, I can just tell you, most guys, if you eat over 180 grams a day you know, especially if you're just starting out 180, 200 grams a day is going to be fine for most of you ladies. If you can get in 120 grams a day, that sounds like a ton. It's not, you can have a couple of shakes a day and eat three meals with some, with some protein and 120 grams of protein a day, but pairing weight training with eating enough protein is going to help you not only build muscle and you're not going to get giant and bulky. Like it just doesn't work like that. You're going to be toned. Yeah. You're going to look good. You're going to look like Amanda, for example. Um, That goes a long way. So pairing protein with working out, if people would just start there, like if they would just start there and counting their food and their calories, they don't overestimate the power of, of getting in enough protein and, and eating enough food to at least stay at maintenance. That's going to do wonders for you over the years, five, 10 years go by. And you're going to be so glad that you did it. So, but no telling how many years you're adding to your life.
0: And I think that that's an important point too, is if you can do these little tiny things, it doesn't even feel like that much work, but yet, what is the saying? People underestimate how much they can do in a day or overestimate what they can do in a day and and underestimate what they can do in a year. I think this is a lot like that, you know, and by the way, I wish it was that easy to gain that much muscle. (laughs) It's not, it's it's taken probably seven, eight years for me, but But yes, I agree. Just eating a little bit more protein, weight training. And it doesn't have to be seven days a week. It could even be, what, three to five days a week that you're in the gym because life happens.
2: Exactly. I I think if if you're someone listening and you don't work at all, start three days a week. Um, Do an upper body day, a lower body day, and another upper body day. And then the next week you switch it and you do two lower body and an upper body. Just, Just get in and train. You can even do full body get in, get in and work out for 20, 30 minutes at a time. Like that, the, my workouts, I work out about six days a week now, but I only work out for 30 minutes. I'm in yeah. and I'm out of there and I'm just trying to be healthy. So you don't have to work out for two hours. It, it doesn't have to be this thing that you dread, right? Yeah. Um, start there, start there.
0: Yep. Yep. I love that. I love that. And then obviously uh, what are some of the other health things we've talked about getting enough protein, getting our exercise and movement. What else is going to be super important as we start to age?
2: See me smiling real big. It's the (laughs) one no one wants to hear, especially entrepreneurs. You have to sleep. And let me tell you, sleep, if you want to live as long as possible, you can't run off five, six hours of sleep. You're not an outlier. It doesn't, it doesn't work, quote unquote, work for you. Trust me, it doesn't. So when people get less sleep, let me let me just tell you what happens. And less is like, to me, anything less than seven hours of sleep. Some people can operate on seven. If you can get eight, that's even better. And people are like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm giving up so much. I'm giving up an hour of my day. You don't understand. Like You're going to be giving up a lot of time that you're not going to extend your life. So yeah. when your sleep is low, you're under-recovered. And what happens when, when you're under-recovered, your cortisol levels go up. And cortisol is going to be enemy number one so as cortisol goes up it's actually gonna make it harder for you to sleep so it, it becomes this vicious cycle so not only getting less sleep it's going to make it harder to get back on your sleep patterns when cortisol goes high when your body has to make more cortisol it makes less of the other hormones that you need like testosterone which is extremely important mm-hmm. uh thyroid hormone which is your metabolic rate to some extent, uh, females, progesterone, all these different hormones that are very, very important. Your body doesn't make as much because it has to make too much cortisol because you're not sleeping enough. And we're all stressed out because we own businesses and we're running all over the place and we're working six, seven days a week. It's not about the hashtag hustle life. It's about being very smart. So prioritize your sleep like you prioritize your business and just like you're prioritizing your physique if you're someone that's listening and you prioritize it or prioritize your diet it's just that important and to me out of all the things i said it's the most important if somebody is yeah. trying to see the best way to reach their longevity their max longevity sleep is at the very very top it's yeah. at the top yeah i'd rather see someone just eat kind of eh, half-assed healthy and kind of eh, maybe walk here and there, but if they're sleeping enough, at least their body's recovering. We wouldn't walk around with our phone charged at 30% and try and operate that way. We wouldn't drive a car that has eight spark plugs in it and unplug two and try and run off six. The car is going to run, but it's not going to run the way it was meant to. And it's going to break down sooner than later. That's the perfect analogy. So long story short, get some sleep, but it's not sexy. Yeah. You try and tell yeah. people the number one thing to fix. And you're like sleep that they tune out because it's not this quote unquote magic answer. Yeah. It's
0: yeah. It like, come free. on, John, they want the, they want the pill that they're supposed to take the supplement right. that they're supposed to consume.
2: I mean, I own a supplement company and I have a sleep aid. So I mean, <laughs> if you guys want to grab the sleep aid, you can, but, but my point is too, it's free. Like the, yeah. these are, these are things walking, doing cardio outside. That's free. That lowers cortisol, yep. uh, maximizing your sleep. That's free. Uh, weight training is not free, but you can get a gym membership for 30 bucks a month. You know, mm-hmm. I used to own two gyms. You know, our average member rate was about 30, 35 bucks a month. That's nothing. I mean, yeah. come on. 30, we all know that. It doesn't cost a lot, uh, but the benefits are huge.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And those things are all going to help you sleep better, too. I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Getting getting the sunlight, getting movement, getting the right food. You're all going to sleep better, too. And I noticed that my brain function, like I work better, like. I don't have to work as much because while I'm at work, I'm more efficient because my brain power is just on a little bit better. You know, it's one
2: of those things, and I don't know how much more time we have, but there's something that I've really drilled down on the last three or four years that's made me a better entrepreneur. Yeah. And that's doing the hard things. And that's Mm -hmm. prioritizing the gym. It's prioritizing my diet. It's prioritizing my walks that I do every night. I listen to podcasts, eBooks, some kind of, you know, way to better myself. And sometimes I just go and just listen at nothing. But my point is I prioritize those things and it's do it. A lot of people, they want motivation. They're like, man, I just wish I was as motivated as you. Listen, motivation comes from discipline and the way that people, it's just like when they run their businesses, right? We do the things we don't want to do when we're tired. We go file those reports. We go answer those emails before you. So we don't have an email in our inbox. We do those things we don't want to do. It's the same thing with working out, with doing some cardio, with sleeping, with, with, with getting enough exercise, that discipline is that outweighs motivation. Everybody has motivation until it comes time to go do stuff when you're dead ass tired. Yeah, that's the difference. And that's how people stand out. I just made a post about that today. Extreme discipline is the way you separate yourself from everyone else, but that appears as motivation to most people. That's, that's the answer.
0: It does. It's the work when nobody's looking, too.
2: That's it, exactly. Yeah. You nailed it. Yep, yeah. you nailed it.
0: Thank you so much for your wealth of knowledge today. I appreciate you being on.
2: I appreciate it. Have a great day.
0: Thank you for listening to The Fit Financial. Be sure to join us every other week to get your financial health in order. If you liked this episode, please be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. Find me on Instagram at The Fit Financial. Or if you'd like to know more about how you can work with us directly, visit us at fitwealthadvisors.com. The Fit Financial Podcast is brought to you by Fit Wealth Advisors and Plan Group Financial, a registered investment advisor. Registration as an investment advisor does not imply any level of skill or training. This has been provided for informational purposes only and is not intended as legal or investment advice or a recommendation of any particular security or strategy. The investment strategy and themes discussed may be unsuitable for investors depending on their specific investment objectives and financial situation. Information obtained from third-party resources is believed to be reliable, though its accuracy is not guaranteed. Opinions expressed in this commentary reflect subjective judgments of the author based on the conditions at the time of publication and are subject to change without notice. Past performance is not indicative of future results.